الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم انه من يتق ويصبر فان الله لا يضيع اجر المحسنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عجبا لامر المؤمن ان امره كله له خير وليس ذلك لاحد الا للمؤمن ان اصابته سراء شكر فكان خيرا له وان اصابته ضراء صبر فكان خيرا له او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحت brothers and elders brothers and sisters with the fazl of allah tbarak wa ta'ala the barakat of our akabir and shaykh yesterday we discussed an incident of shukr a very amazing incident and a very very inspiring incident of shukr and that shukr was obviously stemming from a very very deep understanding of what the reality is and at the same time it was also a person who truly understood sabr so he was somebody who was deeply engaged in shukr and sabr at the same time so this was one incident regarding a tabi'i abu qilaba rahimahullah who was very very deeply engaged in zikr in shukr in sabr so today another hadith sharif a narration from the books of hadith which deals with an aspect of sabr in the riwayat of bukhari sharif muslim sharif an incident is mentioned ibn abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma very great sahabi of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his cousin he once said to hadha atay ibn abi rabah radiyallahu ta'ala an he asked him that ala urika imra'atan min ahli al-jannah so now there is somebody that is still alive that is walking on the face of this earth still and sayyidina ibn abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma he is asking atay ibn abi rabah radiyallahu anhu that should i show you somebody who is a jannati somebody who is a walking jannati the person is walking on this earth still the person yet has not passed away but i am saying that this person is a jannati can i show you such a person now as long as there is life one cannot say something with certainty that this person is going to jannat we have hope inshallah and if a person is living a good life a pious life a person is living a life of obedience to allah tbarak wa taala living in a way that the person is trying to keep to the straight path not deliberately plotting and planning sin but insan is insan insan can sometimes slip into something but a person is not deliberately plotting and planning and perchance in a moment of weakness the person fell but then immediately the realization comes 
and the person turns to Allah Ta'ala in all sincerity, with remorse, with regret, the person immediately turns to Allah Ta'ala begging his forgiveness, then Allah Ta'ala forgives such a person. And that person is still regarded as a muttaqi because he turned to Allah Ta'ala immediately. He did not waste time in getting deeper into that sin and delaying and postponing toba for another time and saying, well, we'll see later. The person was immediately turning to Allah Ta'ala and immediately shedding tears of repentance and regret. So such a person, inshallah, is still regarded as a muttaqi because that person is sincerely immediately making toba. So this is the aspect that is necessary, that being insan, a person can sometimes fall somewhere, but the person does not remain fallen. Number one, he does not deliberately plan to commit sin. But at the same time, if he slips up and falls, he does not remain fallen. He immediately wakes up and starts moving forward. So this is the thing that is required of all of us. So in any case, that is while a person is alive, the person is walking carefully, the person is trying to remain on the state path, then inshallah there is hope and we can have good hope that this person will inshallah pass away the way he lives and he will inshallah be resurrected the way he has passed away in a good manner and inshallah he will be headed for Jannat. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that the person tamutun kama tahyun wa tuhsharuna kama tamutuna yawm al-qiyamah you will die as you live and you will be resurrected as you die. So the person has lived a good life. He has been trying to remain steadfast. Allah Ta'ala will inshallah give him a death accordingly also. And if he has remained steadfast, Allah Ta'ala will then resurrect him accordingly too. So this is nevertheless a hope that we can have. But to say with certainty somebody is a jannati that is not in our capacity. While the person is living, then definitely still, the person is still walking on the road. He hasn't reached the destination. We cannot say with certainty somebody is a jannati. But yes, we can have good hopes. We can be, inshallah, hopeful that Allah wa ta'ala will grant the person the great ranks of jannat. But yes, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he is not saying it in a matter of hope. He is saying it with certainty. He is saying it with confidence. He's saying to Atta ibn Abi Rabah can I show you a person of Jannat? Can I show you a Jannati? So he said immediately, yes, why not please? In other words, what do you think? That somebody who is already a Jannati walking on this earth, why should I not know who it is? So he then mentioned that so and so person, he took a woman's name. He said that person, that woman, she is a Jannati. Now, how can a person already start making this declaration and saying with such confidence that so-and-so is a Jannati. But then he explained, how is he making this declaration of this sort? So any case, he then explained and said, that this woman, she once came to Rasulullah wasallam, And she came and explained her condition. So she was a woman living there in Madinah Munawwara, a poor woman, and she came and explained her condition to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And what she said was, "Inni usra, 
So she first expressed her situation, her situation that I have this issue of epilepsy. That sometimes I suffer an epileptic fit. So now when a person has this uh, attack of epilepsy, so at that moment, the person is not in control of their own personal selves. The person falls, the person starts, uh, sometimes the hands and feet, legs start moving involuntarily, or various other things sometimes happen. Allah Ta'ala give afiyat to one and all. So in any case, this woman came and she presented this condition, that this is my condition. I sometimes, from time to time, have this epileptic foot. And when this happens, because at that time I have no control over myself. So the result is that that as a result of this, sometimes some part of my body gets opened. Maybe I am in the presence of somebody and perhaps maybe walking somewhere or whatever and suddenly this happens so maybe my hand might get exposed maybe my hair might get exposed or something of this nature might happen now because in that moment I am not in control of myself so this is now what she is presenting to Rasulullah and then she is putting forward a request and the request is that therefore make dua to Allah Ta'ala in other words, that Allah Ta'ala grants me shifa, Allah Ta'ala removes this difficulty from me, so that I don't have this problem anymore. So what we learn from here is that she had a problem, she had a challenge, a difficulty, which was a medical issue. It is a physical problem, it's a medical issue. So this medical problem that she had, she presented it to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and she requested dua. So she requested dua. This she understood that while undertaking whatever ilaj and treatment that is in one's capacity, one should pay a lot of attention to dua. So one is dua, making dua oneself. That is also extremely important. Making dua for oneself, for one's family, for one's friends, relatives, the whole ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we should be making dua. Dua is an extremely important part of our life, must be an extremely important part of our life. Together with making dua ourselves and exerting ourselves in dua, having dedicated time for dua, together with that, one should ask others to also make dua. Because here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa did not forbid her from doing this, that why are you asking me for make, to make dua? You make dua yourself. He accepted that request. And he then made dua. For, well, he accepted that request or he didn't uh, immediately stop her from that. We will just discuss the next point just now. But the point here is that she came and presented this request to Rasulullah to please make dua for her. Rasulullah himself on occasions asked others to make dua. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, he is proceeding for Umrah and he comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to now uh, meet him before he leaves and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says to him, La tansana fi dua'ika ya ukhayya. Oh, our brother, 
don't forget us in your dua. So now, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is masoom, he's sinless, he's the most beloved of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. He's actually teaching us. He's asking Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, he's actually teaching us that you should ask for dua. As Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, he's a sahabi, not just a sahabi, but a very great sahabi of the highest rank after Siddiq Akbar radiallahu ta'ala an. So in the rank of the sahaba, the greatest of all the sahaba is Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, and then next in rank is Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. So he's that rank of person. And yet Rasulullah sallallahu says to him on one occasion that this person will come from Yemen. His name will be Uwais Qarni. And he has a mother. He is very, very obedient and very uh, devoted to the khidmat of his mother because she has nobody else to take care of her. He is the only person available to take care of her. So he has devoted himself to this. And when he comes, you ask him to make dua for you. In other words, the time will come that he will come from Yemen. And when he comes, you must ask him. Umar ibn Khattab is being told, you must ask Uwais Qarni to make dua for you. So Uwais Qarni is not a sahabi. He was already a believer in the time of Rasulullah and he dearly wished to come to Rasulullah but his mother was alone and she was not in a position to take care of herself. She was requiring his khidmat and his service. And there was nobody else to take care of this. So now he was in this situation that what does he do? But he understood now that when there is nobody else to take care of her. And she is in need of this khidmat. She cannot and is not in a position to take care of herself. So when this is the case, now this is his responsibility and his priority. So he fulfilled what was the priority. But this was the great, great blessing he received in return. That Rasulullah is instructing Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab that when this person comes, Uwais Qarni comes, you must ask him to make dua for you. Can be imagined. So again the lesson here, that a Sahabi, he is being taught, he is being told, look you take dua from this person. So a person of piety, a person of righteousness, a person who is apparently close to Allah Ta'ala. So, we should take advantage of these opportunities and ask them to make dua for us. So, one is to make dua ourselves and then together with that to ask for dua from others also. And especially the pious, the senior people, we ask them to make dua for us. And we should take dua from everybody. We don't know whose dua is of what category and what caliber and what level and somebody's somebody's one somebody's one word of dua might just become the means of our life turning around for the better. So any case he asked for dua. So this woman we were talking about, she came to Rasulullah and presented this situation that I have this problem of epilepsy and sometimes I just suddenly am overcome with this condition. And as a result, I'm not in control of myself at that time. So as a, one of the problems that come up is that sometimes some part of my body which is to be covered at all times, uh, out of the house, etc., that sometimes becomes exposed, like the hand might become exposed a little, the hair might become exposed, or something of this nature might happen. 
So make dua that Allah Ta'ala gives me shifa and afiyat so that I am not afflicted with this anymore. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in reply said to her, In shi'ti sabarti walakil jannah. Wa in shi'ti shi'ti da'awtullaha ayyu afiyaki. That you have a choice. I am putting the options forward before you. You have the choice and whatever you choose, you will be granted that. It's your choice now. So, the choice Nabi Salaam put to her, if you wish, you adopt sabr and Allah Ta'ala will grant you jannat. So that's one part. In other words, you continue with life now and this will continue also that you will not be, will not be relieved of this immediately. But in return, you are going to get jannat. And on the second option is that if you want, I'll make dua. And in other words, when I will make dua that Allah Ta'ala grants you afiyat, this dua is going to get accepted. You're going to get afiyat immediately. So now it's your choice. Now this was the choice that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam put forward to her. But she was a person who was very uh, intelligent and she could understand what's going on here. She immediately understood what is the encouragement being given to us. Now to say that I choose to have afiyat, there was nothing wrong in it. And in fact we are taught that we should always ask afiyat. We should never ever ask Allah Ta'ala for any difficulty. We should never ever try to show our bravery in front of Allah Ta'ala in this regard. That I can take on any challenge and I am... I'm not afraid of anything. In fact, on one occasion, some Sahaba expressed this kind of situation that I, uh, that tomorrow when we will meet the enemy, and in other words, we are eager to meet up with the enemy, and then we will show them who we are, sort of kind of thing. So Rasulullah said that don't do this. Ask Allah Taala for afiyat. But when you come face to face with the enemy then you remain firm and steadfast. Then you don't turn your back. Then you remain firm and steadfast. So in any case here also, the issue is that to ask for afiyat always. Afiyat means safety, peace, protection, comfort from difficulties. So to ask for afiyat, that we do not become afflicted with things. But if something has come up, then a person remains calm, composed, and make sabr and turns to Allah Ta'ala. So this was the option that Rasulullah gave her, that look, you have a choice, look, you have a choice, that either you make sabr and Allah Ta'ala will grant you jannat, otherwise I'll make dua for you if you want. So that dua was also an option. Nabi Sallallahu himself presented it, so there was no problem with it. It wasn't anything out of place, otherwise he would never have presented the option. But he presented that option as well, but everything has its status and position, obviously between the two options, the first option was of a different level altogether. So this lady immediately replied that, فَقَالَتْ أَصْبِرُ She immediately replied, I will make sabr. I will make sabr, I'm content with this. And in other words, that when she opted to make sabr, so she already got what Rasulullah had, told her, because he is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, he would not just make a declaration for her without having that guarantee from the side of Allah Ta'ala. That this woman, if she makes this sabr, she's already got it. 
So she opted for the sabr. And because this was presented to her by Rasulullah she was now guaranteed Jannah. This was the basis on which Ibn Abbas he said to Ata ibn Abi Rabah that uh, this is the woman of Jannah. She's a Jannati. She's walking on earth but she's a Jannati. So in any case, she already accepted to make sabr. But then she still asked for one more thing. Now she was given an option, you make sabr and you'll get jannat. And if you want, I'll make dua for afiyat. So she already, so she already chose option one. She already chose option one, I will make sabr. Now if you consider that epilepsy is also a problem, it's a challenge. Allah Ta'ala gave afiyat to one and all those who are in this kind of situation. But there are other issues also which are of a equal level in terms of being a challenge of an equal level like epilepsy. Or it might be even more difficult than epilepsy. Various situations, diseases, illnesses, people are suffering from so many different things somebody in cancer, somebody in some other ailment, currently the virus so many people are in. So there are various things around. People are suffering, uh, somebody has a heart condition, somebody has some other problem. So there are many, many things and some of these things are far greater in, a, in terms of being a challenge than epilepsy. Now when Nabi Wasallam has promised this woman that you make sabr on this and for you is jannad, so now a person makes sabr on some other issue, which is of an equal level or even more in terms of being a challenge. So inshallah, they will also get the same. But yes, this doesn't mean that the person makes sabr on a challenge, on a difficulty, on an illness, by not complaining about it, by remaining calm, composed, but does not fulfill Allah Ta'ala's commands, does not refrain from sin, and then say, well, Jannat is guaranteed for me. No, it doesn't work that way. We have to be obedient to Allah Taala, fulfilling Allah Taala's commands, staying away from sin, and if we slip up somewhere, as discussed, immediately make Toba. We're trying our best to remain steadfast, and at the same time, making sabr on any issue that has come up. So such a person, inshallah, can be hoping that Allah Taala, on the basis of this sabr, Allah Taala accepted, Allah Ta'ala will grant them Jannatul Firdaus, inshallah. So coming back to this incident, so this woman already had opted for option one, that I will make sabr. But then she didn't stop there. She still went again and asked something further. She said, okay, I'm going to make sabr on this condition, but for in me at the kashaf, but when this becomes my situation that I suffer a, a, an attack, an epileptic attack, then, as discussed already, some part of my body sometimes becomes exposed. So, Allah So, please make dua that at least this doesn't happen. In other words, I'm now opting already for sabr. So, I'm not saying that I uh, want this to be removed immediately. No, but yes, please make dua that at that time when I'm suffering an attack, then no part of me gets exposed in any way. So Rasulullah this time didn't uh, say anything further. He immediately made dua for her. Fada'alaha. 
he made dua for her. Now, this is a very, very deep point to reflect on, that here this woman, number one, she had already been presented this option, that you make sabr, you're going to get jannat. So she accepted that option. Number two, in that moment in time, when she is suffering an attack, she doesn't have any control over herself. So because she doesn't have any control over herself, she is excused in that moment. Like a person now has to be admitted to hospital or has to go to a doctor. Now the person has to be treated. So now there's going to be some relaxation of the rule at that time to the extent of the necessity. And in that moment, because of the necessity, to the extent of the necessity, the person is going to be excused. So here also, this was something beyond her control. It wasn't in her control. So she was obviously excused. But despite being excused, she was still concerned. That look, I, I have this issue, I suffer this attack, but at that moment, some part of my body gets exposed. So please, I want that not to happen. This was her haya, that very deep haya, which still forced her to ask for dua on this note. Okay, the first part of it, I accepted it. I'm making sabar on that. But that haya pushed her to still ask for dua that this must not happen. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam accepted that request for that dua. And he immediately made dua, he made dua for her. So in other words, inshallah, that dua too was then accepted. And, and this, she was protected from that situation. Allah Ta'ala's divine help was there with her in that moment, that she was on the one hand having this attack, but at the same time, she was now protected from this situation of any exposure whatsoever. But what brought her to ask for this? This was haya. This was that modesty, that shame, which is by and large nowadays just in words. But the reality of that haya, the reality of that haya is a different matter altogether. So we have understood the word of haya, we use the word morality, modesty, shame, but the reality of it is something very different, which is not really in our understanding completely, we are far from the true understanding still. The true understanding, obviously, the Sahaba Ikram, had learnt it from Rasulullah and then the pious predecessors, and the pious people of every zamana and era, and even in the recent past and even presently, the elderly people, mashallah, pious elderly people, some of them are not very learned also. They are not people who have studied deep uh, levels of dini knowledge. They have a very basic elementary knowledge of deen. They can fulfill their requirements, their dini obligations, and they know what they should do, what they shouldn't do. So their level of knowledge is very less compared to what perhaps the knowledge that many, many others have nowadays. But the level of their haya, the level of their uh, values, dini values, we who think sometimes we have a lot of knowledge, we cannot compare even a fraction to that level of haya, that level of dini values that they possess. So, the, the, the reality of haya is not just something confined to some words, some external, external uh, aspects only, some one, two symbols of haya. It's a whole lifestyle. Haya is a lifestyle. Just as everybody talks about a lifestyle. 
is a lifestyle of haya. The lifestyle of haya governs how a person speaks. It governs how a person walks. It governs what precautions a person takes. It governs how a person dresses. It governs how one even thinks. It governs so many things. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala willing, we will, in the days to come, discuss haya in a bit more detail. But for now, this is the lesson that we are taking from here. That it was the haya of this lady that, that forced her, despite now that she was excused in this situation. She was ma'zur. She wasn't in control of herself. So she was not accountable for anything here. But yet her haya forced her to ask this for a second, for a second time to make the request. But only for this part, this part, this part now. That make dua to Allah Ta'ala that I do not become exposed in any way. So Rasulullah Sallallahu made dua for her. So this is a very, very great lesson that she taught us. On the one hand, she wholeheartedly accepted to make sabr. This does not mean that one should not adopt whatever means they are for ilaj within the limits of sharia. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has made permissible, we should adopt the means and undertaking treatment obviously within the limits of sharia. This is sunnat. This is established from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There are various things which have been advised by Nabi sallallahu himself, which is to be taken as a treatment. Various things that are mentioned in the ahadith, Kitab tib In various books of hadith, there is a chapter on tib. Bukhari Sharif also there is the chapter on tib and treatment on on illnesses and treatments, etc. There are things that are mentioned in the hadith Sharif, like Habbatu Sauda the black seed, if you know as Kalunji, there's the aspect of uh, cupping, cupping, there's various other things that are discussed in, on the note of treatment. So treatment is established in some sunnah, so a person should undertake treatment also. And more important than treatment, this woman came and presented this request for dua because she understood that more than treatment, what is necessary is dua. So treatment must not be neglected, but more important than treatment is dua. So, whatever medication a person is taking, whatever steps of treatment the person is resorting to, which are within the limits of Shariat by all means, but unfortunately, many a time, the extent of attention that is paid to treatment, not even 5% of that is paid to dua. Sometimes not even 1% of that is paid to dua. Dua, just a little bit on the sideline somewhere, and the rest of the whole attention and focus and all the concern and worry is about the treatment only and hardly any effort, hardly any time spent in dua. Whereas this is more important than the treatment, more effective than the treatment. Again, not to misunderstand that the treatment must continue. Treatment is sunnah. Rasulullah himself advised various types of treatments. So obviously what is within the limits of shariat and there are certain treatments that are established from Sunnah. So that is obviously of the highest level of treatment. Most effective. But then apart from that, whatever else is within the permissible limits, that too is in order. But more effective than the treatments is Dua. And therefore one should resort to Dua. And a lot of Dua. In the Hadith Sharif it is discussed about the situation when Rasulullah was afflicted with Sihr with jadu. So this was a very difficult time 
and it continued for a good number of months. And the effect of this was confined to day-to-day mundane activities. It could not come in the way at all in terms of conveying the deen of Allah Ta'ala or any other aspect of deen because that Allah Ta'ala's divine protection was with Rasulullah in that regard all the time. But being human, being insan, though he was the greatest of all insan and the greatest of all the creation of Allah Ta'ala, but Allah Ta'ala created him a human being. قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَى إِلَيَّ أَنَّمَا إِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ وَاحِدٌ In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala commands Rasulullah that say to them, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ I'm a human being like you. But there's a big distinction thereafter. In terms of physical side of things, that just as you have the physical side of insan, that you also have a heart, you have a mind, you have hands and feet, and you have the rest of the organs and limbs, and you also need to eat, you need to uh, have the other, whatever necessities of life they are for insan, and like you feel pain, you feel uh, some difficulty, if somebody gets hurt, they feel the pain of their hurt, feel hunger, etc. So Rasulullah himself also, on that note, he was also insan, and he also felt hunger, he also felt pain, when he was injured, his Mubarak foot broke, and he also bled. So all these things happened. So Rasulullah was insan as well, but he was a very distinguished insan. On a spiritual level, no comparison whatsoever. Even the angels cannot compare with him. So, Nabi Wasallam being insan, he also underwent these situations. So the sihr also, he was affected by it, and for a good number of months this continued and he was in a lot of uh, disturbance as a result of this. So one day he says to Aisha Siddiqah Aisha herself reports that on one occasion Rasulullah he made dua, he made dua to Allah Ta'ala to uplift this. Da'a fada'a Now she is describing how much dua he made. She's saying he made dua upon dua. This is how we can translate this. In other words, she's describing the extent to which he exerted himself in dua. That it was not just a uh, very, very limited number of times that he made dua or a very cursory amount of time that he made dua. Just in passing he made dua. No, this was uh, exertion in dua. So he exerted himself in dua. And dua fada'a. And on that occasion when he really exerted himself, can we imagine even on a normal occasion how much dua Rasulullah Wasallam is to make? And now on this occasion, in comparison to the normal situation, he is being described as having exerted himself. So his normal situation would be a very great exertion for us. And yet on this occasion he made even more dua. So when he made so much of dua, Allah Ta'ala then answered this dua immediately and opened out the whole thing to him, where is this jadu and this sihr, where it has been done, where it has been buried, who did it, etc. All those details by wahi was opened out to Rasulullah him being the Nabi of Allah Taala. he received this detail by means of wahi. Nobody else gets wahi. So nobody else can claim with certainty that this person did this or that person did that. 
Nobody should ever do such a thing. Because nobody has that knowledge that if he has no evidence of something, that he can claim that this person is responsible for this sihr or that person is responsible. But Rasulullah was the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, he received this detail via wahi. So in any case, he made so much of dua and Allah Ta'ala opened out the whole thing to him. And then the ayat of Surah Falaq and Surah Nas were revealed. Nabi Salaam went to that well where this was buried and then he had that removed from there and as he recited these ayat of Surah Falaq and Surah Nas, those knots that were tied on that comb, etc., all these things were opened out miraculously and then he had the whole thing buried away. But the point here is that this, this relief, this relief, even Rasulullah sought and resorted to dua and excessive dua. So the more effective treatment is dua. So the ilaj that has to be undertaken will be undertaken, but the more effective treatment is dua. So we should really exert ourselves in dua. And the very great lesson that this lady taught us is that the haya, how deep the haya was, and how much, how important this haya is in a mu'min's life. So it is this that brings the divine protection of Allah wa Ta'ala, brings the help of Allah Ta'ala, and the kind of calamities that we are facing as a ummah at large, among the things that brings such calamities on the ummah, one of the things is behayai, lack of haya, and zulm, oppression. These are the things that bring about these kind of calamities. So we need to make tawbah sincerely to Allah wa Ta'ala, turn to Allah Ta'ala in earnestness. This is the solution for the ummah. That the whole ummah needs to turn to Allah wa Ta'ala. So we should do it ourselves. We should encourage others that the solution is in ruju' ilallah, in turning to Allah wa Ta'ala, in begging Allah Ta'ala's help, in seeking His forgiveness, in resorting to a'mal. And the more we do this, and among the a'mal, a lot of dedicated time for dua, begging Allah Ta'ala's help, then inshallah we will see how we will, as an ummah, become the recipients of the showers of mercy. And inshallah all these difficulties and hardships that the whole world is now gripped in, inshallah with the fazal of Allah wa ta'ala, with his karam, with his rahmat, inshallah we will see how all this will be uplifted. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq, may Allah ta'ala grant us the true understanding of deen, Allah ta'ala make us among his true and obedient servants, Allah ta'ala bless us with the reality of deen, the reality of iman, and Allah ta'ala keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman, wa akhiru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes and go لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله
Allah, 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 Allah,
Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive what we did deliberately, mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, despite all your innumerable bounties and favors, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive all the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive the sins we committed, Ya Allah, with regards to the shirking of our ibadat, Ya Allah, with regards to the, Ya Allah, whatever lapses have happened in our mu'amalat and mu'asharat, Ya Allah, with regards to our poor akhlaq, Ya Allah, ilahul alameen in any other regard, Ya Allah, Allah, the sins of the eyes, the sins of the ears, the sins of the tongue, the sins of the hands and feet, the sins of the heart, ilahul alameen from head to toe we are covered in sin, Ya Allah, ilahul alameen you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge what we have done, Ya Allah. We cannot hide anything from you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you, you are the know of every single thing, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, but you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you are Akramul Akrameen, Ya Allah. You are Rahimul Masakeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our family members, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge whatever suffering and hardship is coming upon the ummah is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us and forgive the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Grant us and the entire ummah hidayat, Ya Allah. Enable us to become totally obedient to you, Ya Allah. Enable us to become your loyal and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove all the diseases and illnesses, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the difficulties that are in the society, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the difficulties on a social level, Ya Allah. Remove the difficulties within homes, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the difficulties in families, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you grant afiat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant muhabbat between all, Ya Allah. Between all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us all your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from every haram, Ya Allah. Save us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, in this time, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah, the Ummah is in such suffering, Ya Allah. Remove the pain and suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, open the doors of our Masajid to us, Ya Allah. To us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, open the doors of the Madaris, Ya Allah. Allah, make the Haramain Sharifain Abad again, Ya Allah. Make the Masajid Abad again, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, this is all due to our sins, Ya Allah. We have disrespected your houses, Ya Allah. You have shown scant regard for the Haramain Sharifain and its respect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we have been so ungrateful for all these na'mats, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, this is the result that we have been deprived of all this, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, open the doors of your houses again to us, Ya Allah. Open the doors of the Haramain Sharifain to the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make the Haramain Sharifain abad again, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make the Masajid abad again, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive the wrong that we have done in this regard, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, apart from all the other wrongs, Ya Allah, the specific wrong that became the means of becoming deprived, Ya Allah, of these great ni'mas, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive that as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't deprive us of your ni'mas, Ya Allah. Don't deprive us of your ni'mas of deen, Ya Allah. Don't deprive us of your ni'mas of dunya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Grant us barkat in our rizq, Ya Allah. 
لگران ایچ ون حلال طیب رزق اللہ گران برکت ان ایچ ون رزق اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ الہ العالمین وٹ ایور ڈفیکلٹیز اینڈ ہارڈشپس اینی بڈی فیسنگ اللہ ریموو وتھ عافیت یا اللہ تو جو سی گیو دیم شفاء کاملہ عاجلہ مستمرہ دائمہ یلا ریموو ایوری ٹریس اف دیر ایلمنٹس یا اللہ الہ العالمین دوز ان ہاسپٹلز یا اللہ برنگ دیم بیک وتھ عافیت ٹو دی ہومز یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ یلا دوز ان اینی کائنڈ اف ڈفیکلٹیز اینڈ ہارڈشپس گیو دیم کمپلیٹ عافیت یا اللہ دوز ان فائنینشل پرابلمز ریموو دیور پرابلمز وتھ عافیت یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ اول دوز ہیو پاسڈ اوے یا اللہ میک دیر کمپلیٹ مغفرت یا اللہ grant them jannatul firdaus ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah when our time comes ya allah take us with la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah allah take us on iman kamil ya allah take us on tawbatan nasuh ya allah allah take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah give us an easy death ya allah allah give us a death with total perfect iman ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah make that the most beautiful time of our life ya allah Make that the best moment of our life, Ya Allah. When the moment comes to meet with you, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make that the moment, Ya Allah, that becomes the greatest time of our life, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us Jannah to refer those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them. Ilahu l'alameen, all those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you fulfill each one's jai's needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirah to each one, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for, Ya Allah, grant us as well, Ya Allah. Whatever he asked refuge from, Ya Allah, protect us as well, Ya Allah. اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين